<laughs> what is up, Win Daily Sports, Win Daily family? Welcome into the show. I am your host, Andrew Erickson. You can find me on Twitter at Andrew Erickson underscore. And Javi is my guest today. Javi, what's up, my man? Hey, good to be a guest again. Good to, good to be here. I'm great. How about yourself, Andrew? I'm doing pretty good. Um, I'm having fun with this XFL stuff. I think it's actually a lot of fun to play. Um, but I haven't, you know, reaped the benefits as much as I'd, as I'd like to. And that's going to probably lead us into kind of one of the things I want to start off with today. And that's just about, you know, DFS and the terms of dealing with, you know, if you're in a slump or if you're losing. Um, and Javi, I can't obviously speak for you. Um, but I, you know, I've been kind of cold lately. And I, I guess, I don't know, I want some perspective. And I'm sure that some of our listeners would also, you know, like some insight from a pro like yourself. It's like, so, you know, let's say you're coming off a couple of bad, you know, games or something like that. Like, what do you, or what's kind of your approach? What do you think is kind of the best advice for someone that's like, hey, like, you know, I've been kind of struggling. It's like, what should I do? Do you need to like kind of go back to the drawing board with some things? Like, look at your process. Like, what, what do you think is kind of the best advice for someone that's like, they haven't been doing as well as they'd like. Mm-hmm. No, um, I totally understand where you're coming from. You know, uh, if it, here's, here's how I want to start it out. If it was so easy, everybody in this world will do it and nobody would be basically working. They would just do this full time. It's not easy. Uh, you'll, you'll probably lose more times than not. And I'm, I'm sure people don't like to hear that, but to prevent, you know, a cold streak for him, or I guess to get over the cold streak, what I recommend and this is what I've been doing with XSFL, is seeing, I guess, the strategy and the games and what the target is and playing light. Don't play, you know, your normal heavy entries or your normal heavy games. If you're putting in $20, put in 5 to $10 instead and throw that in a, in a small tournament. I think a lot of times what it comes down to also is that a lot of, especially beginners, they're like, ooh, $100,000 to first. Um, let me throw $10 in there. I bet I'll win you know, it doesn't necessarily work that way. Those are those contests are the, are the hardest things to win. Um, again, if it was so easy, everybody would win the hundred k, right? So I think what it boils down to is is contest selection, and then taking a step back and see where the process isn't working. You know, at Win Daily Sports, we have our Discord chat. People are asking all the time about their lineups and whatnot, and we're basically giving you advice, and we're probably using the same advice that we're giving you. So listen to the pros. Um, Change your your um, your contest selection. Focus on those contests that are smaller, smaller entries, and try to figure out basically, um, you know, how to attack a specific sport. Not every sport's the same. You know, I tried NASCAR for the second time this year. Um, I, I did it lightly last year, um, just trying to lead up to this year. And man, that's a roller coaster of emotion. But it was fun. You know, it was something different. So, I mean, try a different sport if you have to. I think that's also a good way to do it. It, it. Sometimes it makes sense just to get a break, you know? So that's my short answer. No, I like that. I think that, yeah, I'll make sure I let my friend know. Um, <laughs> so so he'll hopefully get back into the game, and, and hopefully he'll see a benefit of, uh, of XFL in, in week three. Um, so, I mean, that's something that I looked at too. I, I really tried to hone in on my process a little bit. You know, I didn't see the results I wanted from XFL week two. So I went back to the drawing board and I thought I came up with some pretty good takeaways. I think that'll be helpful for not only you and I, Javi, but, you know, for all of our listeners as, as they approach this week three, because now we have another game in, in the books. Um, so we have a little bit more information to kind of to deal with. So one of the biggest takeaways for me is from week two was it's just the fact that 
these running backs really are not being used like whatsoever. Um, yeah. and, and you really need a running back that is not just like a, a cog in the passing game, but is like, he has like, that's his significant role is in the passing game. Um, just because there's all these teams are just throwing the ball, um, whether they're behind or whether they're ahead, like, it doesn't really matter. They're throwing the ball to the running backs. And if you look at all the top running backs from the past week, every single top running back was either either scored a touchdown in the receiving game or saw you know five plus targets. You know, Kurt or Artis Payne. Um, you know, he was the big running back. He scored thirty points. It was like under you know seven percent owned across most contests on like DraftKings. And that was after he got two carries in week one. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to say that he was, a, you know, someone that I was particularly on. But to see that he did a lot of his damage, again, through the passing game. But at the same time, Lance Dunbar also had, you know, six receptions for six, you know, on six targets. Um, I really think the running back position is something you got to look at. It's like, hey, does this person have a significant role in the passing game? And for week three, what that kind of leads me as a potential guy to fade is the running back for the Texans, or the Texans, the running back for the Roughnecks, um, mm-hmm. Butler, because his role with the passing game has been pretty lackluster, and he's really been inflated by um, by touchdowns. So he has three touchdowns, and he does not really have much of a role in the passing game um, through the first two weeks. Um, he only has four targets over two weeks, and the Roughnecks don't really run the ball a ton. Um, he has less than 10 carries in both games. So um, that's something that I'm really looking at. And unfortunately, we, we lost Nick Hawley, who was a wide receiver that was on the Roughnecks that was r- running back eligible. Um, DraftKings had corrected that, so that, that's pretty disappointing. Dang, man. I'm playing <laughs> the crap out of him. Yeah, that stinks. But I, I agree with you. I think you're you're right on target. Here's a question I have for you. Um, you know, I, I have been watching the XFL every weekend. I think it's a lot of fun. It's 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 interesting to see. PJ Walker, do you think he should be in the NFL? So it's interesting. I think that so he was in, you know, a camp with the Indianapolis Colts, I believe it was like this past offseason. And again, it kinda goes to the fact that like these guys, especially quarterbacks, quarterbacks need reps. And you just don't get reps when you're on the bench. Um you don't see a lot of playing time because all the reps and go to the starter. Um, so whether it was Andrew Luck getting all the reps or now Jacoby Brissett, um, who's the starter there in Indianapolis, um, I, I think that he's definitely going to be on a training camp uh, team for sure. I think in, in as we enter into the 2020 NFL season, and I look forward to playing him in preseason DFS because I think that's where he'll probably end up being. But again, you know, it's obviously great that he's doing really well, but at the same time, you know, it's definitely a lower level competition, but it's like if he was doing this against like, you know, it's good that he's he's a younger player. It's not mm-hmm. like Josh Johnson is going to necessarily or like Landry Jones. Like those are kind of more like retread guys. Like I don't see those guys really coming back, but like the Cardell Jones and the PJ Walkers, like these guys are like relatively younger still. Um, yeah. and they haven't really had a, they never really had a shot. Cardell Jones has never even played in an NFL, like a real NFL game that mattered. Um, yeah. So, yeah, no, I definitely do think that he's going to have a shot for sure. Yeah, I, I like what I see. Um, I think my favorite guy, I mean, I'm an L.A. Wildcats fan right now. Uh, sadly, we're 0-2. But uh, Josh Johnson, I mean, I don't, his price on DK is really low. I know we're going to get into the games a little bit and um, you know what we like at each position, but I can't believe they didn't price him up. I mean, it seemed like him and Spruce had a, quite the connection, but Nelson Spruce is so expensive now. 
Yeah, yeah, Nelson, yeah, Nelson Spruce and uh, Cam Phillips are, are definitely the two guys that are going to be just everyone's going to be on, and it makes sense. I mean, those guys have both you know gotten all the targets, especially with Phillips. Like you know, to do to see all that to do all that damage, especially with you know a lot of skill players around him. I mean, Spruce seems like more or less kind of like the only guy in town. He's he's really dominating the targets, but. Cam Phillips, you know, there's a lot of good receivers around there. So he's really emerging as a, as a guy to target. Yeah, like Sammy Coates. <laughs> <laughs> Sammy Coates, yep. Oh, that God. That guy's bad. Uh, yeah, he's, he's hashtag not good. Just like Matt McGloin. Hashtag yeah, not I mean, good. I mean, literally, even in multi-entry tournaments, you can't play Matt McGloin, Brandon Silvers, Taylor Cornelius, who's probably going to start again for Aaron Murray. You can't play those three quarterbacks. Uh, I just, you're not going to win with any of those guys. I mean, yeah, it could be sneaky. Yeah, they can throw a few touchdowns, but the the multi touchdown guys are going to be the PJ Walkers. I think Landry Jones will bounce back. Um, you know, Taamu with his running game. Uh, Josh Johnson is probably my favorite quarterback this week. But yeah, I'm jumping. I'm jumping the gun. Sorry. No, no, I, but I think that's a good point. I think that's the thing to look at. I think quarterback is pretty flat, um, like ownership-wise. Like Walker will probably garner the most ownership just because he's probably the most popular guy. But, like, even in the, a lot of the contests in Week 2, like, you know, Te'amu was kind of the guy you needed to win, and he was at, like, 15%. So it's not like he was like, oh, my God, like, no one's going to play Te'amu. Like, he was playing Houston, so it was kind of like, hey, like, it's probably going to be a shootout. Like, you probably want – and he can run. So mm-hmm. I don't think any quarterback selection is necessarily going to be, you know, hey, this is where I'm going to, you know, get all my leverage. I don't really think that's – I don't think that's the spot where you want to get, you know, maybe different is that quarterback. I think you just play who you really think is just – like like you said, you like Josh Johnson. I like I like Cardell Jones uh, for the same reason. I think that's a game that, that has a chance to shoot out um, with yeah. L.A. and the defenders. No, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Um, so, yeah, let's let's move on. All right, so one other thing I want to look at, so looking into week three, so I was looking at some defenses and just the trends that I've looked at when it comes to defenses. And the home teams have been dominating basically so far in the XFL. We talked about this, I think, on the first podcast we mentioned the XFL. It's like, how do these teams, like, travel? Like, what are the are, – are they traveling first class? Do we have scenarios where someone's banging on the back of their recliner? Like, <laughs> is that, like, what's happening with these players? And, you know, you have the D.C. defenders who are flying all the way to the West Coast um, this weekend, and then vice versa. You have Houston that's going to be flying to uh, Tampa Bay. So you have a, a West Coast, East Coast, and East Coast, West Coast uh, types of travel. And both of the undefeated teams have yet to play on the road. So mm-hmm. – defenders and the roughnecks both two and oh both played games at home so i don't think that that's not that's a coincidence um i do think that playing at home is probably easier on these players that probably just don't have you know the same type of oh well in the nfl we had like private jets and this and that and i i'm not saying they don't have private jets but just like i don't know how like what hotels are staying in. i don't know what the arrangements are yeah. um but like from a dst standpoint like looking at on DraftKings. So the home defenses have scored, let's see. So looking at what I've, I pulled up. So they've scored 124 points collectively, mm-hmm. home defenses, while away defenses have scored 34. So home defenses are averaging almost four times as many fantasy points per game than away defenses. So you have home defenses averaging almost 16 points and away defenses averaging four. 
So, for that reason, I think that the Battlehawks are set up to absolutely smash at home in the dome opener in St. Louis, which apparently is going to be like, I guess they're going to try to push the, the Dragons have like 30,000 people at their home opener. Like, they're trying to like beat that um, mm-hmm. in St. Louis at the, at the old stadium where the Rams used to play. And they're playing the Guardians, so Matt McGloin. And hmm. I'm just like, and they're priced like they're like a middle end defense, like thirty seven hundred dollars on DraftKings. And for me, the Battle Hawks, it just seems like smash, like smash them against the Guardians and play Tiamu um, in cash. Like that, that's yeah. kind of like that's that, that's at least my initial thought. No, hundred percent. I uh, I'm not getting cute with it. I didn't get cute with it last week. I I went with um, who played Seattle. I I forgot, but. I, I went against I went with uh, I think it was the Renegades. I went with the Renegades against Seattle and then I went with um no the Renegades are playing Seattle this week. Man, I'm I'm all over the place. Whoever played Seattle, I chose that t- the Defenders. It was the Defenders. So DC played Seattle. I went with DC because I think Silvers is awful. And then I went with the Vipers. You know what, man? Everybody's gonna think I'm crazy. I'm lying to everybody. <laughs> so the Vipers played Seattle, right? Yes. Vipers played Seattle, so I went with the Vipers. And even Seattle was a good uh, defense to choose. And then in regards to the other side, um, it was the uh, Defenders versus Mac McGloin. So uh, I'm targeting again. I'm going to target Se- against Seattle. I'm going to target against um, probably – I don't like Houston at that price, but I'm going to target – uh, the Battle Hawks against New York. So, lock it in this week. I'm telling you now. Don't get cute with it. Go with the the Renegades against Seattle and the Battle Hawks against New York. Uh, Renegades are 4,200 on on DK and the Battle Hawks are 3,700 on DK. So those are those are the two. That was a lot of words just to get that point across. I apologize. Anybody who's listening, I apologize. It's been a long day. It has been a long day. Oh man. But yeah, no, I like that. I like that call for sure. I think yeah. Go with the defenses. Um, when it comes to running backs, so the guy that I'm targeting is again looking at that LA uh, DC game, and it's uh, Donnell Pumphrey. Um, mm-hmm. So he's the guy I'm looking at, and actually the so the Wildcats have actually given up the most fantasy points to running backs. You know, it, it's weird to talk, to kind of bring matchups into picture, but we do have you know two weeks of of data so far, so it's like mm-hmm. hey, like. It is worth kind of looking at, like, what teams are giving up. Um, and the Wildcats' defense has just been, you know, for the most part, just hasn't been great. You know, they fired their defensive coordinator. and No offense. <laughs> um, but, like, Donald Humphrey, he's, I know he's involved in the passing game. He had five targets last week. He he led the team in carries over a Jarrell Presley, um, who was, like, the, the, the quote-unquote starter. But, like, that's what I've noticed. Like, all of the starting running backs are all running backs that are just, like, the okay we're gonna run between the tackles and they're gonna get like 40 yards and like have one catch like that's it mm-hmm. like you need them to score like multiple touchdowns which in this two weeks of xfl we've seen no team like show any proficiency whatsoever in the red zone and why it's super frustrating to watch them every time they do a conversion like mm-hmm. it literally looks like they don't know what they're doing like on the, the the point after conversions or the two-point conversions like like the 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 rate that the guys are hitting is super low mm-hmm. and it's like just go for two every time or go for one. Like they just like come out of the huddle every single time and it's different. It's like, Oh, we're going to go for one. Oh, we're going to go for two. It's like, 
did you guys like practice this? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Artist Payne had three touchdowns. I wish he did that week one because then I would have won big money. Um, I was sitting in in sixteen k, tied for first with like five others week one, and I had just Artist Payne and he did nothing, and I dropped down. But uh, very frustrating to see him do well this past week. I'm not on it. Um, I don't think I know they're playing Seattle, and Seattle is a is a trash can team. But I, I mean, another guy who's involved in the passing game. I, I love Lance Dunbar. You know, he was okay in Dallas with the Cowboys when he played on there. Uh, he was a pass catching running back, and he seems like he's got the same role here with the Renegades. So he's he's at sixty six hundred against Seattle. He's not. He's nowhere near the top back there. But I think for a GPP where it's PPR on DK, I think it's a it's a lock play to play Lance Dunbar. So I like him a lot. Um, I still don't know how I feel about Elijah Hood. Um, you know, he he's keeps, the number he keeps one. fumbling the ball. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, he's he's a starting guy and whatnot, but yeah, I hear you. Um, you know, another guy who's supposed to start is Darius Victor. He fumbled the ball and he was benched the whole game. I mean, we don't know. Running backs is a crap show. So I think, you know, locking in one running back and then receivers in your flex, I think that's the best way to go, especially in XFL right now, until they start getting the run. And I think it just boils down to the O-lines, I mean, the O-lines are just terrible in this league. Uh, and, and they're just no running room. The The running backs aren't breaking any tackles. It's just it's just bad. So Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. I think, yeah, I think uh, Lance Dunbar, he was another guy I was really looking at. He's had six targets the last two weeks back-to-back, and it's with different quarterbacks. I, I was like, I wasn't sure if it would be the same with, with a, a quarterback that could throw the ball down the field with Landry Jones. Yeah. Um, if, they were, if he was Because Philip Nelson was just like checking the ball down like crazy. But hmm. no, it was good to see Landry Jones. You know the shower narrative. That's what it was all about. They uh, yeah. he was roommates with uh, Landry Jones during their training camp. So um, yeah. that's why we yeah. got to definitely see that uh, in fruition. Um, let's so let's let's talk about receivers. So really, the biggest part of you know that's really where all everything's kind of make or break with with XFL is the receiver position, which we are going to you know as we've talked about. You know you want to go heavy wide receiver in your flex spots. Um, so. Obviously, you know, every single week the prices are kind of becoming more accurate. So it's like you can't get a lot of these top-tier guys at lower prices anymore. Like Nelson Spruce and Cam Phillips, like we talked about, those are the two top guys. Like you're going to have a part of them in a lot of lineups for sure just because they've shown that they're the best players. So in that case, you need to find some salary salary relief in other places. And and the thing that I kind of fell into a trap last week, again, like reevaluating the process was – I played two really low-valued like receivers that were cheap. They're thinking, okay, like I'm I'm looking for value, but I didn't really like look into the fact that they were both playing on like pretty bad offenses. Like I played Joe Horn on New York after he got a lot of targets, and I played Jalen Tolliver on the Vipers who got a lot of targets. And it's like playing one. Of, I didn't think the process of playing them of one of them was bad, um, but playing both of them. Um, yeah. On offenses where I was like not on at all, it, it, it didn't really make a lot of sense. So um, as weird as that sounds, I do want to go back to Tampa Bay specifically and to target a different receiver, uh, Reese Horn. Um, and there's only – so one reason for that is – so he led the team in targets last week with Taylor Cornelius under under center. So he was the, the quarterback that started for Aaron Murray. And he has also dominated the usage of the, the slot for Tampa Bay. And the last two teams that have played the Roughnecks, their slot receivers have absolutely gone off. Week one was Nelson Spruce, and week two was uh, the Battlehawks receiver Pearson L. 
so both guys who were just all slot receipt like slot reps they both blew up against the roughnecks and that's the spot that reese horn is gonna be playing and he's like 4200 so i think yeah. that he's a guy to target as a salary relief receiver um and tampa bay's at home so i, I do think that they have a much better chance to move they, they don't have any problems moving the ball but like a lot of the teams xfl they just can't score um mm-hmm. so at home maybe that narrative changes a little bit you know if they can you know improve in, in the red zone yeah no i hear you i i think it's a it's a good call um, you know, it could be, it could be Reese Horn or, you know, it could be Joe Horn. We don't, we don't know, honestly. Uh, Joe Horn did kind of burn us. So, uh, I, I think if you're to hedge, you do one, one, I don't know if they're brothers or not, but do one of the Horn guys. So, uh, my, my favorite though is paying up a little bit more and going DeAndre Tompkins. Mm-hmm. He had two touchdowns last week. He was priced down. It seems like they didn't adjust his price appropriately. It might be because his ownership is super low or whatnot, but he went off, and I think he's in a, you know, Nick from Win Daily was telling us uh, with his sticks report that he's the number one if he's healthy. So he could be the number one. He looked like the number one, and I think uh, DC's going to utilize him. I think he's going to be uh, a lock play for me uh, in, in all my lineups. Yeah, no, I like that for sure. Yeah, he definitely comes in at a really good price. And, and like I mentioned before, I really like that. I, I think that LA-DC game is going to be the game to to stack, I think, in GPPs. I think that's because um, you, you have like a bunch of the DC receivers are a lot of good receivers. You obviously have Spruce on LA. Um, and it just be a matter of figuring out you know which running back to kind of like end up pairing. But you obviously have Cardell Jones with Rashad Ross, Eli Rogers, and now throwing DeAndre Tompkins to the mix. Um, he definitely has tons of weapons that he can work with. Yep, yep, definitely. Cool, man. All right, well, I think that's enough for for XFL for right now. Uh, do you have any golf talk? I know you had a you had a pretty a profitable weekend, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and this all goes down. You know, if you if you join us on One Daily Sports, you get access to our Discord chat, which is you know for premium members. It's it's some good stuff that we're talking about there. And late at night, you know, it was late Wednesday, which on the on the West Coast. Um, you know, it's, it's, not, it's super late for everybody on the East coast, but, uh, I was just going over it and looking, doing my research and very, very late, you know, I posted on there, my, my ownership, who I was going to have the most of, and it changed, you know, I, I went from having one Adam Scott to seven. So I had seven lineups out of 11 that had Adam Scott. He was coming back with his broomstick putter, which, you know, they allowed him to use it again, and it's it's a way that – I don't know what the rule is. I was actually asking my dad, and, um, you know, I, I knew he'd, he'd pick up his game. He likes playing at that course. So I changed my ownership just based off course history, uh, a little bit of narrative there with his putter, and, and amongst other things. So I, I had a lot more ownership with him, and it panned out. It got me paid. Uh, you know, I, I could have gotten more, but Bubba Watson bogeying and double bogeying, you know, three of the last four holes he kind of didn't make the cut. So he kind of screwed me because he's in that lineup. So it could have been a lot more and it, it just got unlucky. So looking into uh, this weekend's tournament uh, the, in, in Mexico, it's going to be interesting though. Um, you know, I'll, I'll, again, I'm not locked at all. I, I have some, some dummy lineups in there, but you know, I'm going to be looking at course history. Uh, I'm going to be looking at strokes gained approach and I'm going to be looking a lot at like who's writing the hot streak. So um be on the lookout for that. I'll, I'll write an article tomorrow about who I'm focusing on. But we have articles on WindDailySports.com, and uh, you can you can contact me on Twitter or or on Discord. And you can find me on Twitter at, at Javi Windaily. It's all one word. Javi's with a J. <laughs> 
I love it. I, I do love the new Twitter handle. I think that was a good move. Yeah. I think it was and, a good and congrats on your Sirius XM debut. You did awesome. So oh, yeah, you know, yeah, it was, it was that was good. That was a lot of fun. Uh, despite my 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 touting of Trey McBride, who I don't even know he he was like active, but then he didn't even like play at all. Um, I did talk about a couple other good guys that I mean, obviously Walker did yeah. well, and uh, I talked about that other Battlehawks receiver, uh, Washington. Yeah, uh, Ladainia Washington. He was a, he was a lock in all my lineups. He was yeah, just too cheap. yeah, he had he had a good he had a good game too. So. Uh, but yeah, no, that was a lot of fun being on SiriusXM. Um, definitely, I'll definitely be back for sure if if they have me. I don't know if they will after my my Trey McBride touts, but we'll see. <laughs> we'll yeah. see for sure. You did um, great, man. Don't be down. <laughs> Everybody, no one's perfect, you know. Oh man, but yeah, no, awesome. So yeah, that that sounds fun. You know, with the golf, maybe that's uh, maybe you know you did say you know try some different sports. So maybe I uh, gotta crack the old uh, the clubs out, get it going. Yeah, I wish it was that easy to, you know, get some clubs out and be good at golf like that. <laughs> Dude, uh, yeah, no, it's exactly how it works. <laughs> um, all right, well, we are going to sign off here uh, again. You can find me on Twitter at AndrewErickson underscore. And again, you can find all of my content and hobbies content on WinDailySports.com. Make sure you come check us out. 